The great need of our nation is a spiritual awakening. We need God. At the darkest moments in history, the Lord has brought the greatest spiritual breakthroughs. This is the time for sincere believers to get serious about prayer. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Ezra now with Scott Pauley as we discover the principles of revival praying. Nothing reveals the heart like our prayers. Oftentimes, when we think we are most spiritual, we actually are telling on ourselves. We're revealing how truly self-centered we've become. Listen to yourself pray. You see, even prayers can be offered selfishly. Now, today, we've come in our study of Ezra chapter 9 to the subject of intercession. Uh, you see, when real revival praying starts taking place in our hearts, it begins with confession. That's very personal, deeply personal. i got to get thoroughly right with God. But though it begins there, it does not end there. Now, when you start to get right with the Lord, guess what? You want others to get right with the Lord. When you start to deal with the spiritual needs in your own life, it awakens you to the spiritual needs around you. Let me read to you again the first verse we've already studied of Ezra's revival prayer, his confession, and then move right into the next verse, his prayer of intercession. Ezra 9 verse 6 says, He said, O my God, I am ashamed and blush to lift up my face to thee, my God. For our iniquities are increased over our head, and our trespass is grown up unto the heavens. And then in verse 7 he says this, Since the days of our fathers have we been in a great trespass unto this day. And for our iniquities have we, our kings and our priests, been delivered into the hand of the kings of the lands to the sword, to captivity, to a spoil, and to confusion of face as it is this day. It's always striking to me every time I read this revival prayer of Ezra that Ezra, this holy man of God, this faithful scribe of the law, would include himself when he confesses the sin. He doesn't say their sin, their iniquities, their trespass. He says are. So we have to start by getting thoroughly right with God ourselves. But then do you hear his heart cry? Can't you hear his burden? He is burdened for the need of his nation. I wonder, are you burdened for the need of your nation? Ezra was more than a worker, a teacher, a leader. He was a man of prayer. A man that understood that both he and everybody around him needed the Lord. And as soon as Ezra had made a thorough confession to God, you know what he started doing? He started praying for the needs of of others. I, my mind immediately goes to Job. Do you remember when Job got thoroughly right with the Lord? What was the next step? Job 42 verse 10, he began to pray for his friends. See, when you get close to the heart of God, you begin to intercede because intercession brings you near to God's heart. I believe intercession is the highest form of prayer because it's the kind of praying Jesus does. At this moment, what is Jesus doing? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. Oh, friends, this is the great work that every child of God can do. I don't care who you are or where you are today. I want you to know there's a prayer meeting already in progress at the throne of God, and you have the privilege of participating with Him in that work of intercession. Think of this. At this moment, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are having a conversation. Unbroken communion, and there's unbroken intercession. Jesus is praying for you. The Holy Spirit is praying for you. We'll come back to that thought 
And God has made it so we can get in on that. I will tell you that our prayers will accomplish more than all of our lecturing, all of our debating, all of our pleading. If we really want to see a spiritual awakening, we've got to stop fussing about how bad everything and everybody is. And we've got to go to the God who's always good and say, Lord, we're just going to trust you to do what you alone can do. Now, what can we learn today from Ezra chapter 9, verse number 7 about intercessory prayer? about intercession? Well, first of all, I think it shows us the purpose of intercessory prayer. Why should we do it? Did you hear what he said in verse 7? He said, since the days of our fathers have we been in a great trespass unto this day. The great purpose of intercessory prayer is sin. Sin is rampant. In fact, he uses the same two words he used in his confession. In verse 6, he confessed iniquities and trespass. When you come to verse 7, he refers to a great trespass and our iniquities. The same two words. His his crookedness and his transgression of God's law. Their crookedness and their transgression of God's law. Friends, when you read a newspaper, when you scroll through your news feed, when you watch the news, when you hear it on the radio, would you allow it to drive you to prayer? Instead of just shaking your head and fussing at the darkness pointing at others, would you say, Oh God, have mercy on us. In wrath, remember mercy. In verse 7, he also shows that not only is sin rampant, but there were lots of things that came as a result of that sin. In fact, he gives a little list at the end of the verse. He said there's sword, captivity, spoil, and confusion. That sounds a lot like our world, doesn't it? Death, captivity, spoiling, confusion. Sounds like the chaos we're living in at this moment. Every bit of that should drive a spiritual person to their knees. It should cause us to say to God, Oh Lord, we're desperate for you. We need you alone. So we learn something about the purpose of intercessory prayer. Oh, but that's not all. We also see in this verse the people for whom we should intercede. Uh, Who do we pray for? Well, there's a list here. He says, I'm praying for us, we, the plural, then our kings, and then our priests. Let's take those three. First of all, we. What's that? That's the whole nation. We see this in the New Testament. Romans chapter 9, Romans chapter 10. The Apostle Paul prayed for his nation. I think there's scriptural precedent here for believers praying for the nation where they live. In fact, in one of the prophets, God said, pray for the city where you've been carried captive to. Isn't that interesting? Not pray against them. Pray for them. Pray that there you could be God's witness. We need to pray for our nation at this moment as never before. Friends, I believe that this generation will answer to God for this nation at this time. So pray for your country. Then he says, not only we, but then our kings. Who's that? That's the civil authorities. You remember early in our study here in the book of Ezra, he identified two men by name, uh, Joshua and Zerubbabel. Well, Joshua was the religious leader. Zerubbabel was the civil leader at this particular time. And so he's praying here. Let's pray for those who are in authority over us. First Timothy chapter 2 in the New Testament tells us we all do the very same thing. Pray for your president. Pray for your governor. Pray for your mayor. Pray for senators and congressmen. Pray for, for local authorities and leaders. Pray. Uh, we have no right to fuss if we're not willing to pray. And then he says, our priest. Who was that? In Ezra's day, that was the religious leaders. I want to tell you, if ever there was a day that ministers needed your prayers, it's today. 
read Hebrews chapter 13, meditate on it. I want you to know uh, that uh, the people of God need to be praying for the servants of God at this time as never before. There's a spiritual battle being waged at this moment. And so we learn the purpose of intercessory prayer, the people for whom we should intercede, and then May I give you one more application today? I believe we have a little glimpse into the partners we have in intercession. Who was it that prompted Ezra to pray this way? The Lord Himself did. Who was it that heard this prayer? The Lord Himself did. Who was it that answered this prayer? The Lord Himself did. I want you to know that you have a prayer partner in the Lord Himself. Did you ever think of it this way? You have a prayer partner in heaven and in your heart. In heaven, you have the Lord Jesus. And in your heart, you have the Holy Spirit. At this moment, the Lord Jesus is praying for you and the Holy Spirit is praying for you with groanings that cannot be uttered. Robert Murray McShane said, I ought to study Christ as an intercessor. He prayed most for Peter who was to be most tempted. I am on his breastplate. If I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. Yet the distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. Friend, Jesus is praying for you today. And I want to challenge you to get in on that great work of intercessory prayer. Would you make a prayer list today and set aside some time to engage in that great revival prayer of intercession? We may be standing on the verge of a revival in our generation. It is time for God's people to pray. The full-length book, Revival Praying by Scott Pauley, is available in a hardback edition in digital format through Kindle or iBooks and has been recently released in an audiobook format. You may also be interested in the five-week Bible study companion with additional prayer resources for further study. Please visit RevivalPraying.com to access all of the complete resources for this series. That's RevivalPraying.com. God bless you as you study and pray.